Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Our interview last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. Hi, everyone. It's Roxanne Durhange. It's yet again another week, and I have a, another amazing uh, guest with me, Linda Crockett. Linda, um, attended a, a, a panel that we had not too long ago and, and it was well received. And I asked Linda to come back today to speak a little bit more on her expertise, which is psychological hazards in the workplace. So Linda, uh, thanks for coming in today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me back. Oh, well, you know what? I always love when my, my guests come back and spend some more time with you, with me, sorry. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Linda and uh, we'll, we'll delve a little bit more into her background, but she's an international specialist for pre preventing and addressing workplace psychological hazards. Um, and she's the founder of the Canadian Institute for Workplace Bullying Resources. So we have to have some level of self-insight our finger on our own pulse of when have we reached our limit that where we might become that person who bites somebody else and we might need to reach out and get ourselves an executive coach or a therapist for that matter so if we're struggling we need to be self-accountable right mm. yeah and if you're that employee who's being bit several times because the the uh, leader is stressed out understanding that there's reasons going on you have a right to say, I don't deserve that. You need to stop and find another way to manage your stress. And ultimately, if it's, you know, if it's the lack of awareness and it comes to the leader's uh, attention, um, then ultimately it's up to the leader to recognize, whoa, you know, I, I just went through the separation or, you know, I'm having some struggles with a loss or whatever. And we're all human, right? You know, gone in the days where we believe we leave, you know, um, professional in that, at, you know, at the office, you hit the, the front door of your home. Now we're in such different worlds. Whereas when I was in corporate, that was the, that was the given line, by the way. Uh, you forget the professional Roxanne at home. You bring the professional Roxanne to work. She works 12 hours and, and she picks up the, you know, the personal Roxanne to go home. Again, I'm not sure how they thought that was possible, but that was the world that I was living in when I was in corporate. So I think absolutely, and I, you know, with my work, with uh, my new book, I talk a lot about responsibility of leaders um, and what I call the ROR, which is return on relationship, which is to be, which ultimately awareness is the biggest umbrella in leadership. You are, leaders have acumen and capacity, so they are brought up and, and brought into these roles. And that with that comes a, a, a huge responsibility um, for the fact that you are, you know, leading people that have full lives and they're looking for, to you for guidance. And if you're if you're inept or impaired, you know, I don't know if inept would be the word, impaired, it's your responsibility to get the help to yeah. be able to be optimally functioning. 
Well, there are leaders out there that are inept. There are leaders out there that are impaired. There are leaders in positions that they shouldn't be in. And a lot of leaders know that, you know, so there's a little bit of imposter syndrome going on. Wonder wonder when I'm going to get caught, you know, so we need to do our due diligence for leaders and set them up for success. We need to put them in positions where they're qualified for. And if they're not qualified and we believe in them, then let's train them. Let's mentor them. Let's monitor them. And let's, and, you know, confident, competent leaders don't harass their their staff. Confident, competent leaders don't bully their staff. You know, so that says it all right there. Uh, research shows it's quite a high percentage that is bullying top down. So that tells us we have a problem in the leadership area. Let's solve that problem. Let's make sure we're not hiring our friend because we owe a favor or our sister because we owe them a favor. Let's watch that nepotism stuff. Let's let's follow those policies. Absolutely. So important. Now let's, we talked a little bit about the, the stats and I, I'm curious um, in the world that I lived in, we looked at, you know, trending analysis about, you know, how, you know, what were the core issues that um, kept people um, away from work and how to intervene early enough. If they were to get coaching or, or therapy, um, they would obviously you know, mitigate the concern that was coming down the pike. They can get the help. They would get support, whether it's family concerns, financial, legal, whatever. Now with, with bullying, what is, what is the data? Because I know at the point, um, the, some of the trending that I was talking about, only 5% of the trending analysis for some of these behavioral health firms showed workplace concerns. Mm-hmm. What, what are you seeing? Because I'm thinking, I often say with 65%, and I'm sure the data has, this is old information I'm going by, but 65% was generally around relationship, which is the bulk of the cases across North America. Only about 5% was around workplace. Mm-hmm. So tell well, me your I, take on that. Because, my, you know, safe speaking up. People do not feel safe coming forward. And no matter what the surveys say, they still don't feel safe. This this creates a little bit of paranoia in people. So when I'm in, I'm teaching a class and I've been teaching on this topic for t- 10 years now. So that's a lot, a lot of classes. I always ask the question, how many in this room know someone, including yourself, that might have been bullied in the workplace? And I honestly, every time, 98 to 100% hands go up. That's not representative in the surveys, in the research, you know, but in person, when you create safety and you create some sort of, you know, relationship with them as you're teaching them and they feel safe enough, they'll put their hand up at the end of the class. I'll put my hand up. I'll ask them again. And it's 100 percent consistently, you know, so I don't believe the stats are giving us the the current, you know, we know that because of the work, how busy we are. Uh, the surveys that I do see, this is the number one topic all the time. Government surveys are always showing workplace psychological safety being the number one choice that the, the employees are putting out that I want some work, some training in this area or I want some improvements in this area. So I don't think the stats are accurate. Well, absolutely not. If you're if you're flooded, you, you're having all this coming at you. And I'm telling you, you know, and I'm talking about that in the, you know, 2000s to mid 2000s um then you know and we're, we're in 20 we're t- 13 years later what and that data is incongruent from what you're seeing clearly it's that space it's that awareness that's coming to light that if i come forward and i mean i you know have i've been through multiple scenarios 
where in, in my career now over 30 years and I'm, you know, a psychotherapist, I, you know, and had been in those varying environments. And I would, I, there was one environment where I was literally, I was bullied and I stood up. And um, when I stood up, there was stuff that supposedly got brought to my attention, like your day sheets or whatever, that I was pilfering time. And that was never the case. And I made the choice at that point because I had such, you know, background and I knew I could, you know, be employed the next day that I made the choice to, to make that turn before to deal, just deal with it. I had choice and ability to, but my concern is everybody should have that ability to be able to stand up, right? Because I said, you know what, I'm not dealing with this because I know this person um, had bullied others. And I thought, I'm too late stage career here to deal with this. And I just jump ship. But I feel for others that feel like um, I don't, you know, may not have as much choice, I can't move around as much. And then what happens to those individuals? Well, you know, that's a good segue to tell you that I, you know, over t about 20 months ago, I started a, a second company. And it's a not for profit. It's called the Canadian Institute of Harassment and Violence. And the reason I started that was because I see all these people that come into me that have exhausted their savings, their RSPs, their life savings. And yes. some of them have lost their homes. Like I know a nurse that lost her home. I know a teacher that lost their home fighting for their rights. And they were right. They had a hell of a case. But the, the, the system is so broken. You know, it's literally destroying these people. So I thought... We have to start raising funds so that these people have an opportunity to get at least a legal consult and a legal letter. That might just be the, the last piece of courage they need to speak up, right? Because most people are not speaking up. They don't, they don't have the ability that others do, that financial ability. And, and maybe they don't want to make a complaint, but they need treatment, because a lot of people, my, my saying is you need to choose recovery with or without justice. I did. I chose recovery without justice. My justice is the work I do today, but I didn't get justice. But we have to we can't wait for justice to show up to choose for our recovery. We have to put ourselves first. This fund is that we've started is is to either give them some legal consult or some treatment because they have a that's another injustice. They can't access that. It's another injustice. So we're we're launching that on October 20th. We're doing a big event um, in Toronto, Ontario. I think you have your poster up, our poster up on your site. Yes, but it's it's up, and I am going. So I hope that you know <laughs> anybody listening comes and hangs out with us because we're, we're going to have uh, it's going to be an amazing event. And you know, can I say something? Yeah. And this is an interesting fact. Now that we're you're making me think through the data. So this firm that I worked for. Um, the legal consults, the only exclusion was if there was any concerns against the employer. Does that surprise you? No, I, it's just it's, it's just like neon lights going off for me right now as you're saying this, as I'm trying to substantiate the data and I'm thinking, was the data there all along? Because no. you could not use a legal consultation if it was against the employer. Yeah, there's a lot of... So so hence, we were getting skewed data then, um, mm -hmm. because if I'm, I remember when I was separating, I'd use them for a consultation, right? Because I wanted to find out what my basic rights were. 
Um, but if that issue was against the employer, I would not have been able to use that same legal consultation. Right. So that and really makes sense now that you're saying, you know, and what need um, the, your event um, will raise highlight this issue for and, and also funds, because if there's a lot of people having issues and they can't afford a lawyer because we know how um, expensive this can be, then yeah. where do people go? Yeah, and, and thankfully, we're getting some lawyers and some therapists that are willing to reduce their fee for, for these people that we are going to help fund. So we need to get a good bucket of funds in there. But we also are developing an app because there's nothing out there for an injured worker who's confused and fatigued and distraught and shocked to pick up a phone and go, where do I go? Who do I ask? What do I do? And what if they're no good? You know, like, what if HR is bullying me? What if my union's bullying me? What if, you know, I forgot to mention in my mobbing group, there was a pastor too. So, I mean, where, I mean, it's happening in the churches too. It's just happening everywhere. So we're developing an actual app so that people can navigate these systems, these, these systems that are broken, that have gaps in them, we want to develop this app for these injured workers so that we can decrease their harm because navigating the, the system creates more harm. Mm -hmm. We can we can expedite their recovery because they're making some de informed decisions. We're showing them what's out there. That's another reason we're raising this fund. Like we're 20 months into this creation. We're almost there, but we've got to pay someone now to transfer it to a phone app because we want to be able to empower people. We want more people coming forward. We want this, this taken more seriously. That will shift this a little bit faster to get some. Look what we used to do with domestic violence and sexual assault. We used to blame the victims, right? We always shamed and isolated the victims. We've come a long way. We've got services. We've got commercials on TVs, commercials on the buses. We've got really good programs and grants for those now. We're doing better. We're not shaming and blaming the victim, but we're still doing this to the targets of workplace bullying, workplace harassment. So we need to shift this. And I think that means empower people's voices, give them some support and some courage and let them know they're not alone. And so the one thing I want to say before I forget it is if if you're someone who's going through this, whether you're a leader or an employee, and you don't feel safe coming forward to anybody and internally, then go externally because there are resources outside that can help you process and develop a strategy that's safe and right for you. And, you know, again, yet again, you're making me think because I was part of the bureaucratic structure. So as the executive, if there were any trends related to the employer, um, Generally, my directive was to feed that back to uh, the senior management um, around leadership, around HR, or even the senior team. So if you do, and I, hey, I dealt with a lot of amazing companies. Um, if there was something of that nature, but let's say there was um, some endemic occurring within a, within a particular sector or company, where it needed to be highlighted so people could be safe, that bottleneck would get created. There, there would be no checks and balances um, so that those employees could, in fact, get the support that they needed. So, um, you know, a flawed system um, when when those people can hide. But for employers, and like you said, you, you, you're giving out some awards. I'd love to know some of the names of the employers 
um, unless you, that's secret. Um, secret. Just to, uh, it is secret, geez. All right, well, maybe we'll have to talk about it after. Uh, <laughs> because there are a lot of employers that are doing it well. And people that I have come in contact with that are open and willing to learn. And, oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. And, you know, that, and they're willing to I implement, um, not just because of the law, but now we have a law, right? That people employees can come forward and then there has to be an investigation by a neutral third party and all those things. But I, I don't know that a lot of employees might know that. And if they're in environments that are shrouding uh, the facts about what needs to get done, I think it's important, you know, that the people know what their rights are. Absolutely. I mean, they should be informed. They should be off. It should be neutral. And, you know, I have a problem with HR investigating any kind of uh, workplace psychological harassment because there's already a bias there. You're you're employed by this person and it might be one of your leaders that is bullying this staff. So I say, yes, third party investigator, but make sure that investigator is trauma informed. Absolutely. So it, truly are it, buying into zero tolerance. If you truly want a psychological safe workplace and you want, you care about your employees' mental health, you care about retaining them, you want to keep these good these employees, then invest in trauma-informed in-depth training on this topic because it's all about prevention, intervention, early intervention, crisis intervention, but doing it right and repair and recovery options, right? So it's not just about policies and procedures. It's about solutions. What is it? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What should I do about it? That's the way that you're going to get a shift in your environment and people are going to say, well, my employer really does care about me to invest in this. If you do right. So, so that's good for the employer. But let's say I'm an employee and I'm listening to this. I'm like, whoa, you know, I, I don't know what to do, Linda. Like I've been dealing with somebody and maybe I'm personalizing a bit, but I know it's kind of a thing. And I know I'm having symptoms where, you know, I'm dreading going to work. I'm dreading having meetings. You know, I'm not focusing and forgetting what's being said to me one-to-one. -one. I have... All those yeah. are the basic symptoms of dysregulation. Yeah. Um, what are some simple steps that you would suggest that people take um, to start understanding what they need, but also the process of um, getting some support in their workplace? Well, first of all, that training is for staff too, by the way, because they should be trauma-informed as well. So they will get all the answers to those questions you just came up with because they're all going to go, oh my gosh, that's me, because we'll give them stories. We'll give them examples. But if you already feel like something's not right, trust your gut, trust it, it's, and don't override it. Typically, the clients I see override that gut, override mm -hmm. that that sign, that feeling, that sense, that dark cloud. Something's we override it. It, it maybe it's easier to override it and try to fix it and be better. And that's typically what we do. We work harder, we do more, we're trying to fix this, prove to the employer that we're the best employee it could ever ask for. So we end up you know, contributing to burnout because we become hypervigilant. So if you're already noticing that you've got some acid reflux or you've got a knot in your gut or your blood pressure's going up, you're in trouble. You're already injured. And these are the early warning signs. So number one, get to a doctor. Your doctor should be monitoring. Your doctor should be documenting. That's a professional documenting on your behalf. Make sure you're documenting because you're probably pretty fatigued by now. 
you're losing sleep, wondering what just happened. How am I going to prevent that from happening tomorrow? I can't believe this happened. So you're not sleeping well. Your, your memory starts to become impacted when your brain is inflamed. Your brain is inflamed when you're constantly under stress. So you're not losing your mind. You're not losing your memory. You're not, you're not early onset dementia. Your brain is inflamed. And so now you can't think straight. You can't focus. You can't read a sentence. You're struggling. And now you've got self-doubt happening and questioning. Is it my fault? Am I just too stupid? This is all injury we're talking about. This is injury. So get out and talk to somebody. Get to a therapist that knows this kind of injury. Phone and ask us for a quick consult if you're just not sure. You know, I call it a sanity check. You know, just reach out for a sanity check because basically that's what it is. And we're going to give you some of this kind of support, validation, a little bit of education, and we'll help you figure out where to go next. What's the best next step for you? Because maybe it's not sick leave. Maybe it's not leaving the job. Maybe it's staying put. Whatever you decide to do is going to be right for you, but we can help you get there. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't do that. Take some time away. Call one of us. But document not only because you're going to need those facts for credibility if a complaint does get put forward and an investigation happens, but document also for your mental health. Because, you know, today is what, August 28th. I think a month from now, you're going to forget what happened August 28th, August 30th, September 1st, September 6th. You're going to forget all that stuff. It gets mumbo jumbo. And you're going to need it to go back and get a sanity check. Was I making that up? Was I imagining that? You're going to go back to your notes and go, no, I'm not crazy. So it's for your mental health, too. So you can sleep at night knowing it's in that binder at home, one spot. Make sure there's no clientele information in there. But that documentation is for your mental health and your credibility if a complaint ever came forward. Great advice. Most people aren't thinking about that, right? They're probably just getting trying to get through day to day. Um, let's um, let's make sure we talk about the event. And like I said, I'm super excited. Um, we've not met in person, so I'll meet Linda in person. And for anybody that has been listening and hanging out with me uh, for this podcast, I would love um, it, you know come out and and enjoy a night out. It's in Toronto, and uh, just you know to a to a great cause we all need to know um you know when we go to work that we're safe you know just not just physically um and psychologically emotionally i would say also spiritually that we can bring ourselves we are bringing our fullest selves or to work and we're giving and most of us i i would say 99.9 percent .9 of us want to do amazing um with the craft that we've picked so come yeah. out and join us. I would love. Uh, so let us talk a little bit about it. We'll drop the link again um, when the podcast goes out. But tell mm -hmm. people a little bit more about it. And, um, you know, we'll get as many people there as we can. Well, Barbara Vida and I wanted to make this a, a very a celebration. We wanted to make this a very positive experience. So just think about it. If you show up, you're going to be in a room full of like-minded people. You're going to be full of, in a room full of people who want to support psychological safety. So whether you're a leader, if you show up, we know what you represent. If you're a, a target who's, you've been there, we know this matters to you. So everyone in that room, just think of that energy right there. 
We're going to have, we're going to be dancing because it's been a while since we've had some fun. We're going to be playing ping pong for those of us who like to play ping pong and have a good laugh and be a little bit competitive. <laughs> but you're going to be networking. You're going to meet people from all over Canada because it's not just Ontario or Toronto. It's we're all coming from different provinces. You're going to network. You're going to be with very positive people. Maybe we'll have some tears. Who knows? But we're going to celebrate. So your ticket is going to be partly a donation. It's going to include a drink. It's going to include really good nibbles all night long. We have musicians. We have a band. We have a DJ. How can you do better? You know, so we are hoping people will, will we're doing a silent auction as well. Everything's being donated to this fund. We do hope people, organizations will consider donating um, a good fee for us, help us out, get us, get us so we can get that app. Um, done and we can help other employees amazing anybody's been out there has been through it please pay it forward <laughs> of course and like you said almost 100 uh, percent of people in your training say that they've been through some form or know someone so amazing talk today linda um so for everyone what am i taking away uh, i think that we um as employers or uh, peers we have duty to make sure that everyone is well at work Whatever that format is, whether you have virtual employees um, or consultants like I do and uh, that work for me, I also have duty as the leader to ensure that I am uh, using my awareness uh, to set the stage for what I'm expecting from others. Um, and also when they're having tough times to um, also create the safety of cocoon so that they can also come to you as the leader. So that that takes gentleness and kindness, but it's it starts with us as the leader. And I like I talk about in my book, uh, return on relationships. It starts um, from the top. And and you made a comment um, that on LinkedIn uh, that it said you said the fish rots from the head, and I, I you know um, it's so true. We are the leaders. We are the leadership. We we set the tone and the tempo, and it's our duty to be able to make sure that people can feel. Um, that they can bring themselves to work and, and be able to do their craft. So thank you again for coming, Linda. I look forward to meeting you in October. And for everyone, uh, come and hang out with us if you can in October. And um, with my new book, uh, Return on Relationships, uh, you can get it on Amazon or go to my website at roxannedurhodge.com for slash book. And all the information is there. Take care, everyone. And we'll chat with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.